KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Tom Rickert. Yesterday, Monday, October 26, Philadelphia police shot and killed an African American man named Walter Wallace Jr. They said he was waving a knife on the street that night. Last night, people turned out to protest the shooting and things got pretty ugly. This is from early this morning on the radio. There's been widespread looting and violence in West Philly overnight. It all started when police shot and killed a man named Walter Wallace in Cobbs Creek. Protesters quickly gathered around police districts in West Philly, and those protests turned violent. Wow, Carol, yeah, chaos here in West Philadelphia. Dozens of people currently looting the Foot Locker at 52nd and Chestnut, uh, close to where I am right now. And uh, this is actually close to where a police sergeant was hit by a black pickup truck. She broke her leg. She's getting treatment at the hospital, and she's one of 30 cops who were hurt, according to Philadelphia police. Uh, And at this point, so far, dozens of people have been arrested for looting, vandalism, and things like that. I asked Kristen Johansson to come back on the podcast. She's KOW News Radio's crime and justice reporter, and she's been covering this story since it happened yesterday. Hey, Kristen. Hi. So as you're very aware of, Philadelphia has seen way more than its fair share of violence this year. We've already had 400 murders in the city, and in a lot of ways, the city is still scarred from the turmoil after the George Floyd protests earlier this year. And now there's another police shooting, this time of Walter Wallace Jr., there's a lot of information still developing. We, we learned a couple things today. Uh, we're we're going to keep learning things as, as the week goes on. But let's go back to before Walter Wallace Jr. was shot. What, what do we know about what was happening and what part of the city are we talking about? So we're talking about, about 61st and Locust Streets, which is, I guess, the Cobbs Creek area would probably or the neighborhood would be the best way to describe it. What we do know is that the original call came out uh, for somebody with a knife and somebody screaming. Uh, It's kind of categorized as a domestic disturbance. So police are supposed to show up. And so they went to this block um, and encountered uh, whatever the situation was. Do we know who called the police? We don't yet know that, no. How many officers show up to to the situation? Initially, two officers that had just a few years on the job show up to this block uh, eventually, from video that's now surfaced on social media, we see that there's um, kind of a, a team of officers behind that arrive moments, literally within seconds of when the shooting happens. All right. So the officers are called. What's happening when they get there? So we don't know the specifics of what's happening, but what we do know is that Wallace was out on the block. Uh, we've heard that his mother was out there on the block as well. And there was some sort of, he was uh, supposedly had a knife, police say. We don't know how big the knife was. We don't know what kind of knife it was. Uh, Some on the block say that it was like a pocket size knife, but we don't really know what the conversation was, who he was maybe having an issue with. We just know that there was a few people that were there and that his mother was there as well. Okay. So we, we know how it starts. He's out there. He's on the sidewalk. He has a knife. And we know how it ends. How did we get there? What, what does the video show? So the video on social media, um, which hasn't been necessarily authenticated by authorities, but at this point, everyone's talking about it. 
shows basically the two officers kind of backing up and going around the cars backwards. And it, that's something that police do say happens that the officers are kind of retreating backwards. And the police say that the two officers were telling them, telling this man to drop the knife several, several times. He never did. When they started to then back away even more, they told him again to drop the knife several times and he didn't. And then that's when they fired the shots. What we do know is that seven shots were fired from each one of the police officers. I'm not a gun expert. Uh, I know that they had Glocks on them because that's the citywide police issued guns. Uh, We also don't know exactly how many times Wallace was shot. They're still performing that autopsy and they're going to be thorough about it you know, to to see how many times, but um, that's just based on the shell casings that were at the scene. In the actual video that you see, the two cops kind of, as they're walking backwards, they walk kind of backwards from cars, you know, that are parked on a street, parallel parked, you could say on the street in front of the sidewalk. So they're kind of like, you know, dodging through the cars, whatever, and backing up. And that's, uh, Wallace is then in the middle of the street with um, something in his hand, uh, walking towards them. And we don't know the distance between those two officers and Wallace. So the officers fire a number of times. He's hit. We don't know how many times he's hit. Uh, did he Did he die at the scene? Do we know if he was rushed to the hospital first? He immediately drops to the ground. Police say that that's when one of the two police officers then go pick him up and bring him to the hospital. That's when we find out that he dies at the hospital. As that's happening, or maybe moments before they actually pick him up to put him in their cop car, we see in the video, you know, several others, I would say at least three or four other police cars arrive on scene at that moment. So literally the shooting happens, he drops, and then the police car, the additional police cars come in the back. One of the things that we learned today from the police commissioner and from the mayor is that Uh, they don't know whether or not a sergeant should be coming or somebody, a commander of some sort should be coming to a scene of something like that, where there is, you know, guns are drawn, um, where there's some kind of confrontation between police and the person. That's something that they're going to be looking into about whether or not protocols essentially were followed. What do we know about Walter Wallace Jr.? He's, He's 27 years old. He's outside on the sidewalk waving a knife. There's something else going on there, yeah? Well, I know that neighbors um, in that area, one had mentioned that he may have been autistic. Somebody else mentioned that he had mental health struggles, but wouldn't necessarily uh, dive into what those mental health struggles were. Uh, Other neighbors had said that police had been called because he's kind of, uh, he was known as, he was somebody who on the block, I guess, had kind of, for lack of a better term, threatened, but in a way that they kind of knew he was, harmless, somebody said, but not necessarily, he he wasn't, he would say something like, I'll stab you. So however you want to characterize that. But he was, um, he was known to have some mental health issues um, either way. And from neighbors, they told us that police had been on the block before. So it was some kind of troubled situation that the people around him, the people in his neighborhood might have been a little bit more familiar with than the police officers who who showed up, it it sounds like. And just a little thing to note here, Tom, we're not going to find out a ton of information, at least right now, because they still have to obviously process the scene and go through everything because this is a fatal police-involved shooting, the second one of the year, and because of obviously what's going on around the country. And so 
everything has to be very tight lipped and kind of um, close to the vest at this point. Uh, there's one other major kind of thing that happened though. There, both of the police officers were wearing body cameras and those cameras were activated. So one of the questions that the commissioner got today was whether or not they're going to actually release those body camera videos. And she says within the next couple of days, they're going to decide whether or not they're going to release the footage to the public. That doesn't mean that we're going to get it in the next few days, but they're going to determine whether or not that should be released essentially to the public. So we're going to learn a lot more about this in the coming days. The police officers who shot Walter Wallace Jr., what do we know about them? We don't know much yet. They do. They have not released their identities at the moment, but uh, a source told me that they just had a few years on the job. From the video, they do look very young, and they were patrol officers within that area. But again, we don't know too much about them yet or their names. One of the questions that people have been asking is, why did they why did they shoot him first uh, instead of trying to use some kind of non lethal force? Could they have theoretically could they have used a taser before they shot him? So they don't have tasers, and that was something that the commissioner said that she's asked for is for tasers for every officer because these two were not taser trained um, and they don't have tasers for every police officer. All they had essentially were their guns and then the other uh, normal equipment that's around their belt. So that's definitely something that was brought up um, and is a question for not only uh, the commissioner, but also the city. So this all happened yesterday. Uh, today, we we started learning a little bit more uh, about what happened. Uh, the police commissioner spoke. What did we learn from that about the shooting? So we don't really have much more of a timeline. I mean, there's very little detail really that they could go into. We do know that, you know, police arrived. They were called there because a man had a knife and there was screaming. Someone was screaming and there was a man with a knife um, at the scene. Uh, we know that that's when those two officers, we don't know what the interaction was between, between the two officers. We do know that they both had the body camera footage on and that there were other people on the street that were telling them not to shoot him. We do know that his mother was right there at the time. And we also know that the officers fired about seven times each. We don't know how many times he was hit yet. And we know that the police say that the two, one of the two officers then picked him up and took him to the hospital. That's not on a video. That's what police say. And that that's where he died. And at this point, that's what we know about the investigation itself. So last night after the shooting of Walter Wallace Jr., Philly kind of reminded me of, of what Philly looked like after the George Floyd protests earlier this year. You were out in the streets back then. You were out in the streets again last night. What did you see? what was happening uh it started at his protests and then and then it got a little scary at some point so we went i went to the scene um and the scene kind of wrapped up uh within a few hours so i got word from somebody that, that this group was going to be meeting in malcolm x park kind of off 52nd street and when i got there just because it's interesting, I guess the there was kind of like a, a it was almost like a movie, like a haunted house movie or something, because, you know, it's humid, but it's kind of foggy and the moon's out. And so it was kind of like all these people kind of started to gather in the center of the park. Uh, they were writing names, their, you know, names and phone numbers on their forearms, uh, kind of all prepared, many dressed in all black. Uh, and uh, preparing for their marching or their protests. I had actually asked, I said, are you guys going to go march um, and protest? And they said, 
I mean, yeah, but right now we're just gathering kind of, I would say abruptly to me. So I just said, okay, just asking. And, um, and then a police officer came up and they chased him out of the park, screaming profanities and other things. And, um, eventually they did start marching. They did a couple, you know, speeches and everything, but they did start marching kind of down 52nd street and in and around the neighborhood blocking traffic at times. Police at some points tried to kind of come in at different angles and I guess block off other traffic. And that's when they would, you know, kind of encounter them. But that's kind of the moment that I rolled out. There was not a huge police presence where I was. And I, you know, our boss always says safety first. So I kind of ducked out of there. But we did hear today from the commissioner about some of, you could say, the aftermath. Um, she spoke about it in the press press conference today that in that there were 91 arrests, which include uh, failure, mostly failure to disperse, and then also 11 people arrested on assault on police. There was then burglary, a couple of people arrested with uh, burglary with an, a, a firearm. Um, and there's other investigations, she says, that are ongoing. And as far as the police officers, we know 30 police officers were injured. 29 of them, though, treated and released with various uh, bruises and cuts and other things by projectiles thrown at them, including bricks, rocks, and then, of course, other debris. And then she also says that a sergeant had a broken leg and was hospitalized um, and is still hospitalized in stable condition because somebody tried to run that woman over. In total, though, eight police vehicles were damaged. One was set on fire. And then also a medic unit was also vandalized. So it was quite the night with unrest in the city. And one of the things I think that we, you know, have talked about kind of back in May and June is that some of this seems to be organized more so. And I wouldn't necessarily characterize this as a Black Lives Matter protest, because the Black Lives Matter protests that I've seen have been peaceful protests of people marching down, uh, not only speaking about Black Lives Matter and, and, and shouting you know, names like Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and now Walter Wallace Jr., which th- some of them did last night. This was kind of more of a, uh, a crowd that wanted to seemingly agitate people to, or agitate the situation and get into something with police. So 91 people arrested, 30 officers injured, one officer run over, her her leg at least, eight police cars vandalized or, or, or damaged. This this sounds like a like a war zone. I mean, that's that's a lot of action for one night. Am, am I wrong? No, the the police I mean, you know, the police cars, we know I think 12 of them uh, were destroyed in some way uh, during the unrest in May. And this number is close to that. We did have, I think, six it was that were set on fire back um, May 30th. Um, I mean, this is close to that, uh, especially with the 30 police officers and the one police officer that, um, you know, authorities say was intentionally run over. That also happened back in May. So this does seem to be kind of a resurgence, if you will, of, um, the unrest in the city. Um, I don't think it helps obviously that we're one week out of, uh, the ele- of elections, which we know may last even more than a week. So it's going to be quite a time here in Philadelphia, I think for the next few weeks. And, um, we're going to have to wait to see what this investigation really un- un- unveils. 
is there a sense in Philadelphia, uh, as far as you can tell, that the city... Um, I guess there are a couple things I'm thinking about right now. One is that we're still in the middle, somehow, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, of the coronavirus pandemic. Cases are spiking again. It's basically like we're back in April. But there's been so much damage done, especially in terms of inequality during during the pandemic. You know, we have a K-shaped recovery where the people who are behind before all this are even more behind now. And now you have another police shooting of an African-American man in, in Philadelphia. And I guess all these things, it's easy to see how they can contribute to people feeling hopeless. So I, I guess my question is, what is that the mood right now? Uh, you know, you've, you've been walking around. If, if you could describe it, what, how, how are people feeling? I think it depends on who you ask. Some people think it's all valid. Other people think that there's terrible leadership in this city and that um, there would be more unrest and nobody would be prepared. I, you know, I think people are uneasy generally about it being in a pandemic, but I think they're really uneasy uh, specifically as we gear up for an election, which we don't know which way it's going to go. And we don't know how people are going to react. And we don't know if it's going to be a, a fight, if you will, um, you know, even in the aftermath, uh, legally and otherwise. So I think that people are nervous. I already had um, quite a few people call me today to ask me what I know about the unrest in the city. And should they, some business owners even call me like, should they board up? And, you know, I, I, I tell everyone they have to make their own choices based on, you know, what they feel is right. I think it's really a shame because I think we're all as a city trying to look for one thing to be the answer. And it's just not that easy. It's not one thing. It's so many things um, that need to be addressed in some way. And so I know a lot of people are just have broken hearts and about everything that's transpired in the city this year. I know people are frustrated on all sides and I don't think there's one answer. And I wish people would stop truly screaming at each other and instead get down to figuring out what the issues are. I mean, simultaneously as this is happening, I'm pulled from a story where I'm talking about 400 people being murdered in the city of Philadelphia, which hadn't happened uh, since the nineties. You know, that doesn't take away from anything that's happening in, you know, Cobbs Creek or in Southwest Philadelphia at all. It's just, it's all incredibly sad. And it's all, you know, I think takes a village to figure out the answers to this problem. Hey, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on KYW News Radio in depth. Thank you, Tom. And that's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tom Ricker. We'll have another episode out soon.